This podcast is brought to you by Box5 Software, creators of Envision 3D drill design software, found at box5software.com. On the last podcast, we asked the question, does money determine competitive success? We discussed the importance of making smart decisions with the resources you do have. On this podcast, we present the rest of that conversation, this time focusing on smart ideas that can make this matter less. If you don't have a lot of money, it doesn't mean that you can't be successful or that you can't have a great show. It just means you have to be smarter about where you put your money. Great advice for anyone involved in the marching arts, with suggestions that will make a difference as you're thinking about your next competitive season. Using your resources smartly on the Marching Roundtable. This podcast is brought to you by Envision 3D Drill Design Software, the only true 3D drill design software available for marching bands, winter guards, indoor percussion groups, and drum corps. If you write drill or design for marching music groups, Envision enables you to plan and execute shows that push the creative boundaries of your show designs. Download your free version at box5software.com and see for yourself. And now we return to our conversation with Trey Harris from Bassett High School Greg Basham, Dr. Joe Allison, and me, Tim Hinton. I think what we're probably talking about here, I mean, we all know in truth that there is certainly a relationship between the demographic situation of a band program and its success most of the time. I mean, the fact if you even have a band program, there has to be certain uh demographic imperatives there's got to be there's got to be disposable income for people to have instruments and uniforms and everything else so i think what we're really talking about is how do you circumvent that or even the playing field right i think so well that's certainly certainly that's where i want to go next because i don't want anyone listening to be disheartened and think okay well i can't compete because i think that there are plenty of ways to you know fight against this issue so let's maybe talk about a little bit of that well, I mean, I, I mean, I think uh, one of the things that I mentioned earlier was is that, you know, we have a friend. He'll buy. He, well, he used to. He used to buy a new set, one new set of flags each year, and then he would figure out what he had that still looked good that he could use for another tune. And you know, and so you would see two flags in the show that you had seen previously, and then maybe the opener flag was a new one, or the closer flag that year was a new one because he also understood that. The beginning, the the first thing people see, and the last thing people see, other than unless you have you know some spectacular middle, those are going to be the two things that that have the biggest impression on on the spectator. Yeah, and I have a client certainly that the 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 guard has just this giant collection of flags from over the years, and mm-hmm. and if you are smart, no matter what your theme is, you can probably go back in find something from eight years ago, <clears throat> maybe add a stripe to the outside or make some change to one panel or something and reuse it. And so I do have some clients that are very, very thrifty that way. And they still um, come across, I think, as being very professional. But that takes a little bit of creative ingenuity and work. Sure. Yeah, I think on the uh, on the music side and even on the idea side, you know, there, I mean, there's a trillion high school bands in, in the United States and, there's nothing wrong. I mean, if you see or hear someone that's done something before, I mean, Tim, I know the shows that you write, I mean, 
you don't just write them for one band and throw them in the garbage can. Well, no, of course not. I'm always happy for anybody to reuse them. And I do think that there are a lot of bands in that category that and I'm glad you mentioned that, Trey, that they can take design or shows or music arrangements, or whatever that have been done before. And you can make it, a, make it your own, retheme it, you know, change the music, whatever in the process. But that is yeah. certainly a one way to have a quality show because you want to, there's a lot of services out there selling existing shows and you need to find ones that you yeah. think really are work, but you can do. Two things with that, you know, people like you that have a, you know, a full gamut of stuff, you know, people can call you and go, hey, Tim, I really love blah, blah, blah show, but I only have seven trumpets, three millophones. Can you rework that or can you not rework that? And typically people like you will go, um, I, yeah, I can do that. Or I don't think that really, I, I don't think you'll be able to get the effect that we we're trying to get, blah, blah, blah on that. The other thing is, you know, if I'm honest with you, the last two years have been two of the most successful years that we felt like we've had at Bassett. Some people would agree. Some people would disagree. Um, but I'll tell you, we used two shows um, that were written for a different theme, but we liked the music so much that we listened to it and we went, that's what we're going to go with. We're going to buy that. Um and I won't say the name since I'm on Tim Hinton's site right now. Um, but <laughs> no, you're actually, you're not. I'm, I, I have some music I sell, but this is a neutral side, but I, you can, you can certainly plug anybody DMC. you want to. No, it's not really a plug, but I mean, I'll just say, you know, that we bought from Frank Sullivan and the two shows we did had nothing to do with why the music was written. Right. But we made our, we, you know, we took a little bit out here and we took a little bit out there. We, the show we did this year, um, we, the, the show he wrote was about nine minutes long and we used, I don't know, five minutes of it, five minutes, 15 seconds. And then we wrote a pit outro of one tune. And then we wrote a, we wrote our own drum solo that our drum people did, um, and made the show our own. And I, it's kind of funny because I want a judge, I had a judge that, that well, it was George Hopkins. And he, he called me after he saw us and said, I really love the show. It may be in my Hall of Fame of shows. I loved it. Blah, 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 blah. What was, the, what was the music? And I, I have to giggle. I know he won't listen to this. So, but it, <laughs> but it was right, it was right of spring. It was like the, the drum corps that beat you all summer. The Blue Devils, same music that, that was, you know, them and, and Crown. But I mean, he didn't even recognize that we were doing right of spring because we just, use the emotion of the Rite of Spring into the show that we were doing, which was all about Maya Angelou's I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings. And so no, that's you know, a no that's a great example because you're right. You can take any kind of existing show that's been proven to be successful and well written, and then you can make it your own. Absolutely. And that's really, if I'm honest with you, what we are I mean, we're already talking a little bit. We're not like having meetings or anything crazy like that in December. But, you know, we kind of like that formula. We're kind of falling in love with music and then sitting around or Skyping with other people and going, what does that feel like to you? What does that sound like to you? Let's come back next week with some ideas. Um, and really this year, Bobby Lambert from uh, Marion Catholic uh, was on our design team. And he was the one that kind of came forward with the whole Maya Angelou thing. And we, you know, fleshed it out and it actually ended up really cool and i don't know if anyone because every time we did a show we just said you know um 
we, we just we, we did not call we didn't say anything about Stravinsky or Rite of Spring or anything anything like that. We just said presenting their show Wings of a Dream and that was it. And I don't know if anybody ever came up and said, Hey, I really like Rite of Spring. You know, so it, you can go different directions with stuff that's already out there if you're on a limited budget. Yeah, and I will say too that I think a lot of it has to do with, with good planning too. You know, I'm doing this marching band design advice thing, and one of the first people that contacted me, that was exactly what he said to me. He said, we don't have a lot of resources here, so we make up for it in really good planning. And I think that's key, is if you don't waste a dollar on the wrong flag or wasting any time on instruction or anything because you're well-planned. Right. I mean, we what we did last year is we had about four people on our design team, uh, maybe five, couple, couple, couple people here, Bobby in Chicago. Uh, a guy named Andy Hudson in Raleigh and Tim Dolan um, goes back and forth between Boone, North Carolina and in Tennessee. And every Monday night we would Skype for about two hours, two and a half hours. Um, my two guys from here would come to my office and we would just plan, 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 plan. And it, with Skype, I mean, it didn't really cost us a thing. You know, just trying to make things right before. I mean, we were doing that, if I'm honest with you, in February. We were Skyping once a week, sometimes twice a week, depending on if we had ideas or if we just need to get away from it for a while. Yeah, but you were giving your time, and, and everybody was giving their expertise. But you're right. When we're, since tonight we're talking about money, right? Um, other than maybe paying those guys for their their input, um, right? Yeah, that's very that's a very smart point to make. Right. You know, and like you said, it depends on who you got and how much if they want to be paid or not be paid. But you know, Skyping is free. Since we're talking to you, Trey, also on the last podcast we recorded with you, you mentioned that you're planning to take your band back to BOA, um, not to open a hornet's nest, but do you not feel like because of that environment that you are going to have to spend more than you might have other times? I told my band parents at the meeting after I came back um, um, that I felt like for where we live and for you know what we do, um, here, I felt like going to not going to the Grand Nationals for us needs to be once every two to three years. It cannot be an every year endeavor. And to be honest with you, all because of money. We need to, we need to be spectacular when we go. Um, and we can't afford, if you've ever been to Bassett, it's a small, very small town. Um, and not, not around a lot of wealthy, really anything, to be honest with you. We just can't, we can't do it year after year after year just because we just can't afford it. So I told my boosters, when we go, we have, we, we have to go. When we go to the dance, we have to have our prom dress on and, but we can't afford to do that every year. So that's, you know, we still can do good things and we can still, you know, the years that we don't go, we can still do some really cool things, but, you know, it's it's different for us, um, again, being from this community and um, having to ask ask the kids to pay dues and those things is very, very different here where I am. Well, and I also think that it's possible on the year that you're not doing some major contest like that to still have a really great show. And possibly, Greg, don't you think you can design a show with a concept that's a little more simple so that you don't have to be quite so elaborate, at least from props and guard? Well, sure, yeah. Like I said, I think it comes down to, I, you know, one of the things that Trey mentioned, and he's almost apologetic for it, is, you know, the fact that he's already tinkering around with ideas, and then the fact that he was, you know, getting together with the design team in February. Well, that 
that to me that's the model. I mean, you know, George, George Hopkins and and uh, Gibbs, Dave Gibbs and all those guys they finish f- finals and the next week they're talking about the idea for next year. I mean, they're they're not waiting until May and going well. Let's pick one out of this pile over here and that sounds like this is my favorite show I ever want to do. Let's throw it together. I mean, I, I think that you know being well planned can certainly carry you a long way because when you're if you if you're well planned then you know you're you're everybody knows where the where the vehicle is pointed and that can certainly help you be very successful and then the other piece is is when you're well planned you know you go okay I'm going to pay um uh I'm going to pay um or I'm going to buy these arrangements from Tim Hinton that he already did so I can save some money here instead of spending 10 grand on new arrangements or five grand or six grand, whatever it is, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I've heard this show that I like, so I'm going to, I'm going to buy that one. And then that's going to free up extra money for me to get the drill writer I need really want. Or I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to write the, I know this really great drill writer that I can get that's moderately priced so that I can spend money on this really great color guard designer that I want. I think that you, you put your money where your biggest weakness is so you can cover it, so you can hide it. Well, can yeah. I add two things really quick? Of course. They just reminded me about, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, reference Dick Saucedo twice. One is that about, well, we were judging together in September of this fall in a show, early show in Indiana. And he told me, I'll never forget this. We were having a conversation about Carmel and the fact that he'd retired, but he was still writing the wind charts and whatnot. And we were talking about planning. He said that the Carmel staff has their next five years of shows planned conceptually. There's one. There and you then go. secondly, we talk about, well, I'll put it this way. If I had to go back to, I shouldn't put it that way. If I went back to high school teaching tomorrow, I doubt that I would try to create a brand new show, contest show. But I would use, I've had the benefit of seeing so many wonderful programs over the years. I mean, and what made me think of Dick Saucedo when it comes to that, some of those years he was writing all that brilliant material for the Cavaliers and they were winning like five out of six nationals. He was quoting all kinds of different composers and suggesting things and allusions to all sorts of stuff that was appropriated appropriately like composers do. Well, why should we not afford ourselves the same advantages in designing marching band shows? It's it's not, if done correctly, it's not plagiarism or anything. I mean, use masterworks to create new masterworks. Absolutely. Right, and I think we sometimes get so caught up in trying to be the coolest of the cool of the cool. And yeah. I know you were there this year. I mean, the bands that, I mean, for goodness sakes, the Woodlands were about trains and Carmel was about totem poles and they came in first and second out of 92 bands. Yeah. You know, they just, you know, they had a good design. Their kids march well, they play well, they spin well, they drum well, they do everything really well. And they're just smartly designed. They didn't come up with these things that were just <laughs> off wall. And were That's you so cool? That's doing? a Michael Cesario thing. Sorry to interrupt you, but he, uh, at the BOA symposium a couple of summers ago, he was talking to the band director that was, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> that had this really elaborate plan for a show. And Michael said, you're a Cavalier fan, aren't you? He said, yeah. I said, tell me your favorite Cavalier show. And he said, oh, the machine. And Michael said, I can summarize that show in two words, happy robots. 
<laughs> there you yeah, go. There you go. Trains, happy robots. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that goes to that goes to something that Tim and I used to talk about all the time. What's the simplest thing you can? It's <sighs> this, the, the more simple the idea, the better off you're going to be. You know, he was all the time talking me down off a ledge. He's like, "Yeah, too complicated. Come back. Let's 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 you know let's talk about it again in two days. You know, because you know you get going and you think, oh, I need to do this and I want to do that and I want to do this and I want to do that, and before you know it, you've got something that's way too complicated and that you you could never possibly afford. So yeah, Joe, what, what Joe wasn't it Nola that said you should be able to describe your show in five words. Uh, well, she may have. That's, I always associate that with Ken Turner. He said things like that for years. That I mean, it has to be succinct enough. And so often, I mean, the stories I can tell you about standing in critiques with bands or drum corps and asking them to explain their show, and it's like they start explaining it, and honest to God, sometimes they get confused. Yeah. I mean, it's just a problem. It's it's well, it's got to be more universal and more. My daddy, of all people, says that you you could be tacky, but you can never be too obvious. Yeah, people people from small markets like me from small towns. You know, if I come to nationals, you know, and see Joe Allison out on the field, I'm going to say, "Hey, buddy, how you doing?" Blah blah blah, whatever. And then you you don't know anything about my band. You know me, but I mean. You you got eight minutes to figure out, you know, <laughs> yeah. it, it, you know, if, if it's some of the big people from big markets and it's all over the, you know, you know, um, the forums and things like that, you can be a little bit more in depth because people sort of kind of know what you're going for and they read into it more. But when you're, you know, smaller bands, smaller markets, people got to get it pretty daggone fast, or they just they just they they don't really care not really care to watch but they just don't that they don't want to people don't want to sit and figure out your show they want you to tell them yeah they don't want to work why should they work who 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 is it that all the time that gets frustrated because he says when he watches a show he wants to feel smart right (laughs) i know two people that say that i don't know who that guy is do you tim Hinton? yeah yeah i've heard myself (laughs) say that Oh, yeah, I've said that on a million tapes. It's like all of a sudden I can perceive all this stuff and I don't know why. Well, it's because they made me do it. They manipulated me into doing it. Right. Well. It's so frustrating for a good band to leave the field and they were great. And you look at your neighbor and you go, what the crap was that about? <laughs> I mean, golly, they march great and they play great. And I mean, they do all this stuff. And at the end of the day, like, I have no clue what you were just trying. Like we were talking in Japanese, and I don't know Japanese. Like, you know, it looked impressive, but what the world was that? Well, in the in the bigger part, in the bigger part of that history, is you don't care. You exactly. You don't. Nobody. Nobody's gonna be talking about that show at dinner, other than I hope I never have to watch that again. Ten minutes to live. Thank you. <laughs> and before we Joe leave- Allison, I told you. Before we, yeah, that's good. Before we leave the topic, I do want to make sure and point out that now we're defining success here as, you know, competitively, but there are, there's lots of ways to define success. And so I don't want people to think, there's lots of ways to define success. Well, of course. And, and a lot of times, you know, just getting a, a young group out there to be successful, to perform well, to do better, regardless of scores, placements, trophies, or anything is certainly success. So we don't want people to think that, we're not 
appreciating the many different ways you can define success. But I think for the point of this discussion, we were sort of saying it was more like a competitive success at a certain level. Well, well, and I think, Tim, I think really the thing that I hope that people have heard at some portions in here, because I know we've sort of been all over the road, but that, you know, if you don't have a lot of money, it doesn't mean that you can't be successful or that you can't have a great show. It just means you have to be smarter about where you put your money. Don't just don't just go, well. We can never, we could never do Bands of America, right? I can't ever go to the, the state marching band contest because we don't have the money to spend that they do. You, you just have to, I think Trey's plan is, is look, every three, four years is when we're going to go to the prom and we're going to make sure we have our prom dress on, you know? And, and that's a good way to be. Don't try to, if you don't have that kind of money, then, you know, bank it and, and go, okay, every four years I'm going to go. It well, worked for yeah. Lasseter, didn't it? Yep. It sure did. Well, right. Or even, Greg, on a year that you're – on any year, like you said, it's smart. It's like, where do I need the most help? Where can I get the most bang for my buck? What's most important for my particular situation? You know, what do I need the most help with that I can't do myself as a director? Um, so if you're – that's the thing about being smart, too, is figuring out how to spend the funds you have really smartly. And you might need to get advice for that. You might need to call a mentor, well, ask somebody, and, and say, you know, help me figure out the smartest way to spend the money I do have. Well, and I, and I think, you know, what Trey and Joe both mentioned, and the other thing is, is don't try to reinvent the wheel. If you saw a show four years earlier that you really loved or one that you saw eight years earlier that you you really loved, you're going to be able to buy that show for less money than if you called Richard Sesedo or Tim Hinton or Frank Sullivan and said, um, or would you, can you write me an original, an original arrangement of this or can you write me an original show? when you could get the same effect by finding the music that fits the same mood and helps you tell the same story that you're trying to tell. So marching band shows depreciate quicker than new cars do. Yep. You got that right. Okay. And as a designer, I'm going to say that I don't think everything you said is necessarily completely true <laughs> because I do think, Except that, for Tim Hamm- I think having something written, especially for your particular kids is, um, can be especially helpful, but, there's, it's also a lot of truth in what you said. No question about yeah, it. Yeah, but if you can't, but if you can't afford it, oh, of course, of, of course, to that point, absolutely. Or you can't afford anybody help you I'm, teach. What it. I'm saying is, is call one of the, find the tune that you want, and call someone who can help you make the arrangement special by adjusting it for your band, rather than buying something off the shelf. No, no question about that. Right. And I, I got two things real quick, and then I'll be quiet. Um, number one, I think it's important to take. Take your kids to big, to bigger shows, whether it's grand nationals, whether it's a big regional or regional or whatever. Cause the bottom line is, uh, especially most of the time parents want the best for their kids. And sometimes at local shows, you either win the show or you're right there with everybody else. And then you take them somewhere where the candy is bigger and they're like, holy smokes, why can't we be like that? And all of a sudden, the band director finally has the door to go, well, we're going to need to raise more money. Kids, we're going to need to work harder. You're going to have to practice on your own. We we could probably do what they're doing, but we can't get there by what we're doing right now. We're going to have to change what we do if we want to ever play in those people's neighborhoods. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of times parents getting to see that in the dome or whatever makes them come home and go, golly, they were great. Can we do that too? 
Um, and it opens the door for the band director to go, yeah, but we're going to have to spend, you know, we're going to raise more money because, you know, staff, props, blah, blah, blah. Um, that's one. The second one that I really, for any band, but small town band that have been really successful with, um, as far as the money goes is we have started to sink money, um, into leadership training. Um, and basically just a real quick shell of how we do it. Um, the last four or five years I've hired a leadership specialist to come in and do a two or three day camp with my kids. Um, and basically I charge the kids 20 bucks a kid. Um, and we fly the person in. Um, we, I won't go in detail how we do ours because it'll take too long, but I mean, we usually have 35 to 50 kids on our leadership team and really the boosters don't pay a dime for our leadership camp. The kids pay for it. And we just say, Hey, if you go to a camp in the summer, like the BOA camp or Western Carolina or something like that, you're going to talk about leadership stuff, but everybody in the room is going to be from a different band. We're going to bring somebody into our band room and we're going to talk about us. And we're going to train you how we want you to teach our own kids. And I've seen a major difference in our leadership and how they teach the band um, and those type of things. And it really didn't cost the band boosters hardly a penny to do that. That's a great point. I watched that develop with Bob Buckner at Western Carolina, and it's an absolute amazement to see what oh, they do. Yeah. Student-led. Yeah, and I, you know, I told, was talking to a band director at a um, local contest this year, and he, you know, he said, "Man, your band was great," and blah blah blah. Uh, Greg, it was uh, Bob Priest who was at Blasky uh-huh. a couple of years before we were, and yeah. he was like, "Man, I sure would, you know, I wish my kids would do this and this and this." And I said, "Well, this is what we've been doing," um, and he's uh, somewhere now, maybe in Withful or uh, Withville or somewhere. I can't remember With County, maybe. Yeah, it's up there somewhere. Yeah, and I, you know, I said, hey, you know, I was like, you know, I'm not only an hour and a half away. I told him how we did it. He goes, so if I had 30 kids pay me $20, you would come up for a couple of days for $600 and, and do leadership camp with my kids? I was like, uh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, it's, it, and I told him, he's like, well, you know, he said, what would my involvement be? And I said, to leave the room, introduce me and go get a hamburger and don't come back three hours <laughs> that's what, the last two years i brought in bobby lambert uh the year before that i brought in t andre fagan um and you gotta have the tea in there tommy uh, yeah it really stands he, he really loves sweet tea from bojangles and there's where the tea really comes Ch- from chicken biscuit uh, don't forget the chicken oh god biscuit. i love bojangles we don't have those in kentucky um but i you know literally i we talked about what we wanted, what I wanted to get accomplished next year and what our strengths were and what our weaknesses were. Literally introduced the guys and left for five hours. I actually went and sat in my office, but you know, I just let them talk without me. And then we did some stuff the next day where they did like a five hour session and I was in the room for maybe an hour during kind of the wrap up and some of the talks, that kind of stuff. And again, back to money, Tim is it didn't cost my band boosters a dime. Not not one dime, and my band ran better because because of the leadership skills. Well, and those kids are getting skills for life, not only for band, of course. Absolutely. Absolutely, yes. That's really smart. So, Greg, there's a great example of using your money smartly to make the biggest impact. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, again, I say you have to sit down and think about, you know, this is how much money I have and how am I going to spend it. 
you know, because the bottom line is we all have a budget. And so, you know, that budget is, is going to, is going to define what you're able to do and what you're not able to do. And so you just need to think about it ahead of time. Don't, don't get caught up in the fact and allow the fact that you, you feel like you can't, you don't have as much money as other people be the thing that keeps you from, I mean, do something. Don't just, don't just sit around and complain and don't do anything. Do something, you know, and, and then everybody's going to be better off because of it. Yeah. And when you live in small markets, you don't have a lot of money to pay people to teach your band. So teach your kids how to teach your band. I mean, that's, that's where I think, um, Joe, I think you know this, but I think we would be amazed and embarrassed at the same time how much Marian Catholic does without instruction. Yeah. It's true. I know, I know Greg well and I know Bobby very well and we talk uh, quite a bit and it's almost, embarrassing how good they are for me not for them but for me i mean the amount of stuff they do and it's they don't do very they don't have very many clinicians they just teach their kids how to teach their kids and then the level of expectation from upper upper tier kids to the younger kids is pretty over the top and that's how they survive at marion catholic and that's with not even knowing the band that they're going to have until they get to camp Absolutely. I mean, they're getting people from 30 or 40 middle schools. Um, and I, I think, you know, I think Greg's done a podcast where he talked about that a little bit. Just yep. kids being not even able to play one scale or two scales. And how scary is that, that you're going to Grand Nationals, you've made finals 29, 30 years in a row, and you don't even have a clue who's going to walk in your door. You know, so they just teach their kids how to teach their kids, and they buy into the process. Um, teach a man to fish. Right, yep. And they just buy into the process, and that's that's how they survive at Marian Catholic. And, I mean, survive is not a good word. I mean, that's how yeah. they survive. <laughs> not right. for that program. Well, the other yeah. thing I think that you're saying that I think is really important to remind people is that success breeds success. And Absolutely. so if you keep working harder and your band gets better every year and your students, as you said, are learning more, learning to help each other, learning to be leaders, et cetera, then, then that momentum is going to build on itself. So, um, that's another way of getting more and more out of your program, your students, your parents every year as you teach them and you do a better job and the program gets more successful. Then that gives you more and more success for less, really. Right, and when Bobby uh, Andre did mine the first year, and then Bobby did our leadership camp the next three years. And when Bobby came on, Bobby said, "Now this is a four-year process. I'm not telling you that you have to hire me, but if I do this, I can give you great results. But it will not happen next year. It's a three or four-year process, and all of a sudden you're going to look around and feel like." Kylie, I barely have to touch the band and they're really good. But, you know, he says it takes, it, it takes quite a while for them to completely do that. And then like Tim said, success breeds success. Once they figure out how to make it work and it goes that way for a year or two, then the train just runs itself almost. Well, we need to start wrapping this up, but this was really a fantastic conversation. Any of you guys have any final things that we haven't said? Joe, you don't have a final word? Well, yeah, I was just, just thinking about it. There's been so much that's been said here. And the idea, lest we miss it, is that by smarts, by planning, 
by just being sort of cunning, you can overcome any sort of obstacles that get in your way in terms of just strictly cash flow. And, and the, the people on this podcast have both done it. Um, and again, use your friends. You, people right. will give you so much, uh, just like Trey saying he's happy to go help Bob Priest. I mean, people don't want to hold on to that knowledge by themselves. They work too hard to get it. And most successful education is larceny anyway. So <laughs> let, let them pay it forward. Well, and, well said. And of course, all the people that have been on the podcast have always been happy to share their information, their knowledge. So ask, ask people for help, ask for suggestions. Well, guys, it's been a great discussion. Thank you so much. Uh, Trey, Greg, and Joe, you all did a wonderful job. I appreciate it. Thank you, Tim. And why don't Thank you work you. on your accent while you're at it? Okay, I'll, I'll get on that. <laughs> we know you have one from Georgia, so yes, somewhere it kind of went away. But when I'm around my parents, it comes right back. Don't worry. Well, let's we'll do a podcast while you're home for a visit. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Tim. You can save money by learning lots of tips and getting great advice at no cost to you by listening to our podcast at the Marching Roundtable. Sign up for a free VIP membership to receive our bi-weekly newsletter and stay abreast of all upcoming podcasts. That way you won't miss any information that could be important for you. Thanks again to our sponsor, Box5 Software, creators of Envision 3D Drill Design Software, found at box5software.com. Thanks to our editor, Aaron Osborne. And thanks again to Trey and Greg for joining us. If you're a business that works with band directors, marching bands, color guards, or drum lines, you should consider sponsoring an episode of the Marching Roundtable. Our listeners are the exact audience you're trying to reach, and with thousands of podcast downloads each month, it's a great way to directly reach your target audience. For more information, click on the Sponsorship Opportunities link at marchingroundtable.com or email Tim at tim at marchingroundtable.com. You can grow your business and help support what we're doing here on the podcast. Thanks.